This is 1 in 44, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. 1 in 44 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning I'm speaking with Dawn Barkley, author, and uh, and she is going to tell us uh, all about um, a book that she's written that, that focuses on helping children with invisible disabilities, um, which we know about from obviously the show and the work uh, that many of us do, especially in the autism field, um, when it comes to travel. And so Dawn, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Very much appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I believe your book, well, first of all, why don't you tell us uh, the name of the book and and, uh, then let's get into some of your background and learn a little bit about who you are. Sure. So the book is called Traveling Different, Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible and the Neurodiverse. And so it's meant to help both children on and off the spectrum, uh, also with those with mood and attention disorders. But one of the things I found was that uh, neurotypical children benefit from these tips as well. Mm-hmm. My background includes over 30 years writing for uh, the travel trade. I've been a contributing or senior editor at several travel publications, as well as having grown up with a background in travel. My parents owned a very large Manhattan travel agency, uh, and I worked for them on and off for 20 years, uh, as well as working in other aspects of the travel field. So when I needed this book, it didn't exist back in the early 2000s. And so I was determined to write it. And by 2019, the um, the resources were available for me to be able to do that. And so thanks to the pandemic and having lots of time in my hands, <laughs> I, I finished it. All right. Well, great. I would think that um, this book probably has tips for so many. And I'm glad you pointed out that um, often when um, when I talk to people who are doing things of this nature, writing books or creating programs or offering tips um, specifically designed for people with autism, one of the things that most people end up saying is, oh, and it also has positive implications for um, everybody, uh, uh, you know, in terms of um, just often being sort of tuned into some differences that we all might experience no matter where we are. So, um, but let's go back. I have, I have a specific question. Um, you said when you needed this book in the early 2000s, do you have a, did you have a personal connection or a personal need for, um, for help in this particular area? Uh, what I can say, because my children are adults now, and I don't really, you know, talk about their diagnosis, because I think it's kind of or lack of same, because I feel it's a violation of their privacy. I had two children that were challenging. Mm-hmm. And I had grown up my whole life traveling. And I wasn't about to put a stop to that just because I had children who couldn't enter department stores without screaming or restaurants without screaming. Okay. <laughs> they weren't very good with transitions. Um, I did want to just make the point that this is not really my story. It is uh, crowdsourcing of hundreds of people, including sure. mental health professionals like Tony Atwood and Ellen Lippman, uh, certified autism travel professionals, a number of those who are also uh, special needs parents. They're mm-hmm clients and um, tons of allies and advocates. So it is um, co- a combination of all their viewpoints. No, that makes sense. So so you really took your 
um, your skill and expertise in being an author yes. and apply them to a topic that um, I think has meaning for so many and, and can be helpful. I know at Anderson, um, where I work, uh, sometimes people are surprised at the number of vacations and travel destinations that some of our students go on with their families during uh, school breaks or even um even uh, in our adult program, there is a, there are some of our group homes where the residence managers will organize trips for the whole house to go on together as a group of adults um, to places uh, usually relatively close to Anderson or in, within New York State, but still require um, all sorts of similar planning for any kind of family vacation as well. And, um, and it is possible. I, I always want to tell people it really is possible. I've learned tremendously from uh, parents who've done really creative things and researched and found things on their own uh, to help them and their family and their loved one get to a place where they could all enjoy a vacation together. But I do also want to thank you for putting this together in in a book with um, with uh, recommendations and specific uh, specific tips in terms of, as you say, traveling different, because that does seem to be a huge part of it. Um, I just want to give one example of a, a family who I know um, wanted very much to take their son to Disney from uh, from New York, uh, which is a long trip. Um, this their their son was probably not going to get on a plane successfully and um, fly. Driving was going to be really challenging, but they they realized that their son loves trains, and so they found this thing called I forget, I think it's called the auto train or something where you can drive your car um, onto a train, and it was this great combination for their son who now they've done that trip several times now. Because he got to enjoy uh, the aspects of being on a train that he liked that and also got them there a little faster. But he had the comforts of something that he was used to being in, which was his the inside of his parents' car. So I just I thought that was a great example of, of the way you have to think. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched upon something that's very important, and that's creating predictability and a frame of reference for the child, because every child, when they're taken out of their comfort zone, becomes anxious and inflexible, but far more so if they're on the spectrum and they sort of cling to routine. I list many sort of mini experiences that you can um, attempt before going on a trip. I would say that the book is about 85% uh, technique and strategies to make any destination autism friendly, and then 15% the actual destinations involved. That's great. So you actually highlight a couple of places, specific places oh, that yeah. you maybe experienced or through your collaboration with others found were especially uh, welcoming and open and and accessible? Well, many of them are certified autism centers that Mm -hmm. have received that designation from a group called IBCCES, which is the International Board of Credentialing and Continuing (laughs) Education Standards. Memorize that. Good job, though. I Um, always struggle with that acronym. (laughs) Um, Also, Culture City, Sensory City, the Champion Autism Network. Everybody's doing these designations. It's important for parents to do their research and find out what those designations mean, especially when something is, quote, autism friendly, because it might not be what your child needs. Um, That means a lot of things to a lot of different suppliers. So be sure to research that. But I do indicate a lot of places that have received that kind of training. The the certified autism centers um, tend to be They've received over 40 hours of training mm-hmm. and their staff has received training and uh, just list a ton of water parks and theme parks and hotels and uh, museums and any sort of attractions that fit into that criteria. 
Absolutely. I mean, travel really is possible. And you also mentioned that you grew up in a family of uh, big time travel agents. So, so, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the 15 years that I've worked at Anderson in interacting with our team members and the people that we serve and their family members, most especially, are the limitations that people experience and the isolation that so many families experience um, in large part because they are trying to create a safe, consistent, balanced atmosphere for their child to limit behavioral episodes or um, stigma, you know, feeling uncomfortable, feeling like they're being told, you know, or asked to leave a location. And at, often at the at the expense of stopping doing things that they love um, and that they loved uh, at other points in their lives. And so whenever there's been an opportunity to shift that and to make progress in that area, the families, especially grandparents, uh, siblings in a huge way, um, tend to really be positively impacted by that. So, so I think it's great that you're adding to the resources available to families and individuals. Um, I'm curious, we're going to take a short break in a, in a couple minutes, but um, before that break, Actually, why don't you why don't we take a minute and you tell us how we can get your book if it's available yet, and if not, how we can pre-order one. Great. So uh, the book is available for pre-order now in both the um, hardcover and the audio book. It is going to be released on the fifteenth of August, and that is when you'll be able to order the ebook because they don't allow you to pre-order that. Mm-hmm. If people go to my website, which is travelingdifferent.com, and that's traveling with one L, uh, not only will they see more information on the book, but they'll also see all the retailers that they can order it from. And there are even more. I mean, all you have to do is Google the name of the book and my my name and you'll find a ton of places you can order it. That's great. So this podcast is going to air in uh, probably late May. So you got time to pre-order. And I love the fact that it's coming out in audio as well. That's um, I just think the two go hand in hand. Many of the families and individuals will be benefiting from reading this book or gaining insight through the through the book also are pressed for time and may not have several hours to sit down and really absorb um, the written word. Um, And so listening um, on your way to and from different things that you're doing can be a really effective way to still gain the knowledge. Um, Great. So again, um, available for pre-order and please visit travelingdifferent.com to get more information about where to order and more information about the book. So Dawn, uh, in just about one minute, let's give a little teaser for the second half of the interview. Um, what is the, uh, have you received feedback from anybody who, who's read drafts or, or no, you know, has seen maybe an early copy of it? Yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> I actually had um, a lovely promotional piece done by uh, Barry Present, who uh, wrote Uniquely Human. Okay. And I have had some other authors of, um, of autism books. Mm-hmm. Also, um, the exceptional child, the editor of that magazine, as mm-hmm. well as the uh, head of SATH, which is the Society <laughs> of Travel and Hospitality. Okay. As our uh, accessible travel and hospitality, oh, great. I okay. believe. Um, yeah, she said this is a great resource, whether you're on the spectrum or not. So I mean, I, I've had theme. Yeah, I've been really, really pleased with the feedback, you know, because up to now, it's only been my agent and my editor. So it's yeah. good to have people in the field tell me what they think. 
that's wonderful news. And and I think, again, you hit on that theme that we'll probably come back to in the second half of the show about the types of techniques and and um, and sort of guidance that are provided in the book and um, and what your hopes are in terms of affecting um, positively impacting individuals with autism and other individual. In, um, sorry other invisible disabilities, but also there are uh, many loved ones who might be traveling with them who may not have an invisible disability, but will benefit from it as well. So this is 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. And now, 1 in 44 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 44, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm speaking today with Don Barkley, who is um, an author uh, of many things and, and has been in the uh, travel industry for a long time and has written a book called Traveling Different. I know the name gets longer, but I'm going to keep it at Traveling Different because that's also your website, Don. Um, and we want people to go there to learn how to pre-order the book Um when it uh, when it comes out in August. Right. And the, the other thing about the website is that mm-hmm. it has a blog that's going to be updating the book so that the book stays current. Fabulous. All right. So you can get lots of information there. And Dawn, um, you know, the background and your what led you to this to, to write this book um, and the impact you're hoping to have with it sounds wonderful. Um, can you not to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, as you did your research, because you talked a little bit about all the different collaborators and people that you reached out to to help um, make sure this this book had a lot of really good information for the people who need it. Do you have a couple of favorite tips or maybe things that surprised you that that you weren't thinking of initially that would be in there? I think what surprised me was the people who had one child on the spectrum and one that wasn't on the spectrum and said that the tips worked for both. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of sort of fun tips. Like there was one parent who always travels with a uh, blow up pool because they sometimes find a hotel room that does not have a bathtub and they want their children to take baths because that's what they're used to. So they just blow up the tub and put it in the the shower. Um, Great idea. I absolutely never would have thought. Yeah. Okay. I mean, a lot of parents watch videos of every aspect of their trip ahead of time because that's what creates some predictability. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked one parent who said that they always bring a toy with push buttons on the plane so that the child does not push the flight attendant button all the time. Uh, Wise, wise. And the kinds of tips that you really can only get from people who've lived through it. Yeah. Um, And, and, and I would say probably somewhat painfully, maybe people who've had things go really very difficult um, for them when traveling. So I always want to do a shout out whenever I hear about people who've gone through some really challenging times who still find it within themselves to say, well, I had some pretty awful experiences, but I know I can take those and I can help the next family maybe avoid some of those things. I think it takes a lot for people who are already stressed and exhausted 
and have maybe been um, felt a little bit beaten down and maybe excluded from a lot of life opportunities um, to find it within themselves to say, but I can have an impact for, for other people um, and maybe within a way that wasn't available for me. I think that, that, that really is worth um, applauding and recognizing. So did you have, did you feel that way when you were meeting with these families and and talking to them about, um, you know, asking them your questions for, for the research? I thought that they were amazing. So many of the certified autism travel professionals that I spoke to are also special needs parents. And mm-hmm. I really leaned on them and they got so much information, uh, really wonderful information. And they were very open about what they had done wrong and how they had tried other things, which is why with every tip, I usually offer like two or three different you know, hacks around it to try this. If that doesn't work, try this. Right. But um, there's a long section about how parents deal with uh, insensitive onlookers. And because that's, that's something that keeps so many families from traveling. And a lot of people said that's what they felt kept them from going on the road. They just didn't want people to think they were terrible parents or that their children were brats instead of having a sensory overload. Yeah. So there was discussions of how they sort of teach the people around them what autism is and what their special needs are, even coming onto a plane with gift bags for the people on either side of them and explaining, this is what might happen. I hope we get your buy-in that you'll you know, have some empathy. I think, okay, so I love that. I think that's really creative and kind, but I also think, you know, it's a good opportunity for me to share something that that we do at Anderson because we do an autism supportive environment training and with a lot of local businesses. And we try to answer, we're, we're always asked the question, especially in April, of course, you know, what can people do? And I always say, um, first of all, remember that we all typically know the difference between right and wrong and kind and unkind. And so just generally speaking, try to be kind. Um, But also sometimes the person who's, who's uh, like, you don't know all of what's going on that you're look that you may be seeing and witnessing in a moment. And then sometimes that person might need help, but they also just might need space. Uh, They might need you to smile at them. So there's one more person um, who's, who's maybe they can say, oh, that person isn't judging. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better that, you know, that lightens the load a little bit, but I do think um, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that you had such a positive experience talking to so many people who had um, information to share. And it's really fantastic that you found a way to put it all together. So another question I have, I guess, is, um, what are your what are your plans for the future? Is there another is there a series of, of you know coming in your mind? Is this a one off kind of thing and you're going to do something else? What are your hopes um, for the impact that this book might ha- have? Well, that's going to be up to my publisher, but I would love to do an international version um, because even though the tips will stay the same and I might not repeat all the tips, I'd like to talk about the different places that are available around the world. Um, Unfortunately, it seems that the U.S. and the U.K. are where most of these, uh, you know, amenities lie. There's not a lot outside that. There's tons in the UK and in the US. Um, I do. I would love to do a series on special interest because the the heart of this book, I think, is a chapter I have on how to uh, make a child-centric vacation by building in your child's passion. Mm-hmm. And so I broke down all the special interests that someone on the spectrum might have and might talk about all the time and live for, mm-hmm. and then talked about all the museums and events that feed into that around the country. So if you just happen to be in Wisconsin and your child loves mustard, you can go to the mustard museum. Perfect. Um, yeah. So that's, and then you could be bringing your child along on a business trip and turn it into a child-centric vacation too. And by building around a child's passion, it's going to make some parts of more mundane 
mundane aspects of the vacation easier for them to endure because they got this. Like what you were saying with the yeah. train. If you have a child who loves trains, travel by train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I love that. And I, I, first of all, I had no idea there was a mustard museum. So now that's very cool. To know. <laughs> um, but also you're right. I think overwhelmingly, and, I, and I've gotten the chance to do this with this podcast, is that we find um, we're learning a lot about the different opportunities that are available right in our own backyard, but also throughout the country uh, that have very niche, like very, very, very specific um, areas of focus. And um, so any opportunity to to educate the public about where those places are and what's available, especially museums, which are often very accessible, low cost or no cost. um, Typically, it it can be really wonderful. What a a great, um, great bit of information there. So I think uh, you were talking about the an international piece. I did not know about the UK and the US being really the top locations um, in the world for these types of um, these types of uh, centers or you know accessible locations. That's what it seems to me. I have not done a huge amount of international research yet, but I also like the idea of maybe breaking down and talking about these individual subcultures that feed into each of the children's interests. Cool. So that Very could be cool. a series. I also I want to make sure that I promised you I would make it clear um, <laughs> when we spoke before um, that while you have tremendous experience um, in the in the travel industry and in the travel field that this book is really meant to be sort of mostly technique with a couple of um, of specific locations in mind but really you said something I want to highlight you recommend that families looking to do this type of trip with a loved one on the spectrum or with another in- invisible disability work closely with a travel agent. Do you, with your current knowledge of the industry, are more and more travel agents more and more aware of opportunities? Are they, are they going to, are they going to have knowledge to be helpful to a family or is, is, I mean, because I haven't worked with a travel agent in years. Um, I don't travel quite that much, but, but I'm just curious if you see a change happening where the uh, professional travel agents are, are sort of taking this on as something to have, to become more knowledgeable about. Well, I would have them seek out a certified autism travel professional, and there are tons of them, and they are certified by IBCCES. They go through 10 different areas of intense training. Mm -hmm. And as I said before, many of them are special needs parents themselves. Uh, In the book, I list... uh, bios of every single one that contributed to the book. And then I list how to find the others. Okay. Uh, so that, but you know, the wonders of technology today, just because someone's in, you know, across the country doesn't mean you can't use them because you're going to go over zoom and over the phone and they can help you from anywhere. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you can really interview, you can find somebody that you're comfortable with who you really feel gets what you're after. The yeah. trip you're looking for understands, you know, um, what you might need from them and what you may want to do yourself. Because I think, everybody's different when it comes to some people love the detail of travel planning. Some people want to say, I want to go here. Here's how many people please help me figure the rest of it out. Yeah. (laughs) They'll they'll work with you. Sure. They'll work with you any way you can. I mean, and you can really use the tips in the book to book it yourself if you like, but I would really recommend working with a travel agent who's specialized in this and knows the most up-to-date information on who's certain, which look, don't can't speak today, which destinations (laughs) are certified. Yeah. 
I think, okay, well, Dawn Barkley, I, we have to finish things up, but I really want to thank you. You opened my eyes to several things today. Um, in addition, of course, to the Mustard Museum and, and several other really cool tips, just the fact that there are um, certified travel agents who um, throughout the country who are available to um, to work with you around scheduling a trip that's going to be successful for you and your child uh, with autism or another invisible disability, and more than likely your entire family, whoever you're bringing with you, because like we keep kind of coming back to, I think it's a nice way to end things is that so many of these tips are all about making the trip as a whole successful, pleasant, positive, memorable for everybody who's going on the trip, not just the child with special needs. However, um, really recognizing that everybody working together to support that child means that probably everybody's going to have a better time. So I appreciate what you've done, Don, and I want to just remind people to visit travelingdifferent.com where you can learn about pre-ordering the book. Um, you can probably get some information about Don and then follow the blog that's going to be keeping um, the book sort of moving forward. And best of luck if you and your um, agent and editor decide to move forward with the international next one. <laughs> well, if, you're, if your listeners have stories that they'd like to share that I can put in an updated edition or on the blog, please tell them to reach out to me. I'm sure you'll list the the email address along with my uh, my social media contacts along with this, and they can get a hold of me. We certainly will. And uh, I appreciate you being on the show today, Don. Thank you so much, and best of luck with everything. Thank you for sharing about traveling different. Thanks so much. This is one in forty four, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in Forty Four, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at this time next weekend.